Hello, and welcome to Love and Lit Love. <laughs> Second episode. Second episode. Um, yeah, this is really exciting for us. This is. We, first of all, thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode. Yeah, thank you. That was You're... huge. That was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. Every episode is pretty exciting, I would say, because we're the ones talking about it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But we're starting a segment because we're a legit podcast. So it's called SBS. And you're probably thinking, Sophia, what does that mean? Don't worry. (laughs) It's song, book, show. And every week we're going to say, or week, Sorry, every, every month. podcast, every, every podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Let's give ourselves a timeline. Yeah, line. whenever that may be. Whenever that may be. Um, we're gonna say our favorite song of that era related to love. Our favorite book of that era, obviously, and then our favorite show. So, Laird, do you want to go first? I would love to go first. Thank you, Sophia. Um, okay, my favorite song for this time in my life is "You on My Arm" by Leith Ross. They sang that viral TikTok song that was like, deep pollute me, pretty, pretty baby. baby. You know the drill. You know the yeah. drill. And they just came out with this new song, and it's fantastic. It's a beautiful sapphic romance, and it's amazing and sweet and exactly how love feels, I think. And awesome. I just... <laughs> Not that I would know. <laughs> Sophia. Um, we would know from these books that we read. We study up. Yeah. We study yeah. up on that. Yeah, good research. Yeah. But the song is amazing. I highly recommend it. Moving on. My book of the week, month, whatever. Book of the month Book of the month sponsorship is an oldie but a goodie. It's something that I reread constantly. It's just like a comfort book. It's called A Girl Named Digit by Annabelle Monahan. It's kind of I don't know if it is considered like a young adult novel or um maybe more mature i i don't it's it's not very it's not smutty it's like very small elements of spice but the romance is just beautiful it's amazing and then lastly my show right now is the last of us which (laughs) you know a few reasons one of which may or may not be pedro pascal himself yes i'm not gonna comment on that no I'm not going to say anything else, but if you know, you know. Yeah. That's it. You should know, honestly, so. Love. Yeah. That's my, that's my SBS. That was an incredible SBS. Well, I'm very excited for your SBS. Should I just jump right into it? Jump right in. Jump right in. So my SBS is, well, my song is Me and Magdalena by the Monkees. And there is this really great line in it where it was like, I can't sing. You know that. My parents know that. But there's this one great line where it's like always sleeping, always leaving early and sleeping late. And that's kind of how I like to live my life. Mm. I like to leave events super early. Yes. And I like to stay in my bed as long as possible in the morning. Yeah. Um, And so that's why I picked it. And then the book I picked is just a book that I finished this week. And I know it's not like the book of this era in my life. Mm. That being said, I haven't really read a lot of romance recently. So I was like, well, it was a romance, Mm. you know, from book of the month called Georgie all along. Um, It was good. It was, listen, it was nothing new. Mm. It was nothing new to the genre. It didn't blow my mind, but it was cute. 
there it we go. Cute. There we go. Yeah. Um, and fun fact, I was almost named Georgie. <gasps> yeah. No way. Well, actually, I was almost named Frederica, and I would have gone by Freddie. That's pretty cute. Yeah, and then my dad was like, nope. So. I think Sophia fits you perfectly. Oh, my God. Thanks. Thanks, Alaire. I think Alaire fits you. Thank you. Wait. Should we say our names? Oh, yeah, we do say we our do names. We <laughs> photos of ourselves. Are we, are we anonymous? What's the deal? <laughs> is love and love? No face is attached. No. Um, What's your show? What's your my show? My show? I mean, this is kind of a... I am under the strong belief that if it's a sitcom, like, it cannot be spoiled. Come on. Yeah. Do better. Yeah. I think so right. this is Abbott Elementary. We've also been playing out this slow burn, and I love romances in sitcoms because it's always the third season when they start dating. <gasps> Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Office, New Girl. New Girl. Um, but Janine and Gregory, they do it. They do the romance so well because it's all just through, like, little looks in the camera. I just love that show. It's so great. So mm-hmm. I had to give them a shout-out. That was our SBS for the week. We hope yeah. you guys enjoyed. Um, if you guys have any SBSs for the week, let us know in our Instagram comments. We want to hear what kind of media you're consuming. Yeah, please comment. Please comment. Please comment. We're begging you. Please. But into this week's episode, Sophia, do you want to tell the audience what this episode is about? Guys, this is a really exciting episode. Should I? I'm trying to think of the best way to like, I'm just going to go ahead and say it subgenres subgenres not all the subgenres yeah just four that we came up with yesterday yeah (laughs) this is not an extensive list by any means we actually did plan out this episode because if you follow our instagram you will know that my mom listened to the podcast thank you mom Mm -hmm. and said we needed a script (laughs) so So we made one so we made one thank you an outline thank you sophia's mom yeah we appreciate it you're a real one (laughs) I'm kind of waiting for her to text me as she's listening to this one and be like, OMG. Shout out. Yeah. I think I should shout out. Hello, mom. My mom. Mom, you you don't need to listen to this episode. Why every episode we shout out our parents? Yeah. Maybe that says a lot about (laughs) us. But also, like, we will be posting um, a blog post with the book lists that we're naming today and the titles and the authors. So if you're confused or if you you know, want to read something that we named, we've got you. Also, everything is arbitrary. We have no credibility. Um, Do not take what we say as anything else than just our opinions. Yeah. Um, And our opinions will probably change. I'm a very, listen, I'm a very kind of malleable person. Me too. And so if someone were to be like, you know, you're actually wrong about this, I would be like, okay, maybe you have a point. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, just... Just know that we're just kind of being a little goofy right now. We yeah. know we're not we're not crazy well read, mm-hmm. um, but like you should still listen to us speak. We're very open to change, and we're very open to hearing other people's thoughts. So yeah. if people gave them to us, again, comment on the Instagram. Comment on the Instagram. Tell us what you think, and we want to talk. Yeah. We want this to be an open conversation. Yeah, we're still working on the website. We're not. It's not fully there. Yet. We're not software engineers. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we jump right into it? Yeah. The first category is dun, 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 dun. heteronormativity core romances. Now, you're probably thinking, isn't that all romance novels? Yeah. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but this is a very specific kind, and that 
kind is hockey romances. Hockey romances. Um, if you're in my life at all, you or if you aren't in my life, you may know that I I had a I had a phase. Yeah. And that phase is still ongoing. And I just there's something about those hockey romance books that just do it for me. Mm-hmm. I just I mean, I just so good. Like I've become yeah. like, interested in the sport. I don't watch it or anything, yeah, but if I yeah. hear someone talk about it, yeah. or if I'm on Hinge or Tinder, if I see anyone that has <laughs> hockey like in their bio, like photo of them on hockey, <laughs> I immediately swipe right or I match with them because yeah, I have to. That's so funny. Okay, should we say the top of our list? Yeah, this was this was a nail biter. This this was a tough one. Yeah, but I thought, you know. Obviously, my selection was going to be in the off-campus series, because how could I not? How could you not? How could I not? L. Kennedy, we owe you so much. We owe you so we much, you and so you much. owe us a and lot. You owe us <laughs> compensation. Yeah, but I would have to say that the score mm-hmm. is my ultimate hockey heteronormativity romance pick. Yeah, for today. So, for those of you who don't know, and you're like, "What is off-campus?" What is the score? I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Off Campus is a four-book series with a spinoff series and a novella, but we're just going to talk about the four-book series right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is set, this is so funny to me, it's set in a fake Ivy League university called Briar University. <laughs> And inexplicably, everyone at that school is either going to go to the Olympics or win a Stanley Cup. And, like, there's just no in-between. It's so funny. The score is the third book in the series, and it follows Dean Hayward Dillarentis. Oh, my God. I can't believe you know his full name. Absolutely. It's very iconic, though. It's a very iconic full name. And Allie, and I don't remember her last name. Allie. I don't remember her last name either. Um... (laughs) But, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> Internalized misogyny. misogyny. Yeah. Uh-oh. Actually, I do have to admit something. I did reread the deal last night. Oh, my to God. To kind of prepare. And I was like, okay. Like, I really... Like, Garrett... At first, I was like, eh, Garrett and Hannah. Now I like them. They're, I like them, They're too. from the first book. They're from the first... They're just the OGs. They're the OGs. They're the classic. Mom and dad. They're mom and dad. They're mom and dad. They're mom and dad. Yeah. yeah. But Dean and Allie, that did something to me. Mm-hmm. I mean that really that shaped a week in my October. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Twenty twenty two. I don't know if it's because Allie in the book is an aspiring actress or something, <laughs> but for some reason I was like, yeah, I really resonate with this character. I, it's funny. I did not resonate with her so much as I resonated more with Grace from the second. Oh, book, me too. Grace and Logan. Me too. That that. Yeah. yeah, you're so right. Grace, so who goes right. through friend breakups and like doesn't get any action, I was like, "That's me." I just that's... like eats gummy bears in her dorm room bed. Yeah. Like that is very. She really was cool. watching Die Hard, and this guy just happened to walk in. He just like, happened to be like, "Let's hang out." Yeah, let's just let's just watch Die Hard. Let's just watch Die Hard together. <laughs> um, one thing they do in this show and this book is that they watch a lot of TV. Yeah, <laughs> like inexplicably, they go to a quote unquote Ivy League university and they watch a lot of TV. They watch the a lot of TV and have a lot of sex. They have a lot of sex and play a lot of hockey. Uh, they play a lot of hockey. They play a lot of hockey. Yeah, the life of a student athlete. So true. An expose. I always just skip through the hockey scenes. I'm Me like, too. I don't need to hear Me about too. this. Me too. But I just thought, I don't know what about D- like I had a soft spot for Dean. You know, like, I think oh, they same. really set it up so 
throughout the first two books, you're, like, ready for Dean's book. Mm-hmm. Like, you're really waiting for it, and then you get to his book, and it does not disappoint. No, it does not disappoint at all. And Allie, you already know from the first book. Yeah. And she's, like, the cool best friend. Yeah. You want to know more. You do want to know what more. What does she like? And then you find out, and it's amazing. Their chemistry... So good. So good. So good. Yeah. It's a sexy book. It is a sexy book. Yeah. Um... I might even have to go reread it. It's so good. It's. Re- I might reread it after this. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about like the book, and I'm like, wow, that was like things happened. Yeah. I remember eighty percent way through the book, there's this like big plot mm-hmm. point that happens, mm-hmm. and I was so annoyed when reading it because I was like, how are you going to wrap this up? I know. Like, this should have been at the fifty percent oh mark, God. and yet we have like twenty pages left, and they're like, by the way, oh my God. <laughs> now, onto. My favorite yeah. hockey romance. Yeah. Granted, I did love the off-campus series, but Icebreaker. OMG. Girl, does that take the cake? Does that take the cake? Okay. Tell me more. Tell me more. Oh, yeah. Alara. Oh, wait. I can say <laughs> your name. <laughs> Sophia just, like, clasped her mouth as if she said something terrible, but um, I haven't read it. I haven't read Icebreaker. You have not read it. It's literally, guys, this is really bad. It's sitting on my bedside table. It? As we speak. It rearranged the genetic makeup of my brain. (laughs) I mean, it was so good. So it is sort of, it came out this fall, summer, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it follows Nathan and Stasi. Okay. Now, Nathan, oh, he's a hockey player. He is a hockey player. He is a hockey player. Yeah. Now, they're not at a made-up Ivy League. They're at a made-up UC school called UC Maple Hills. And <laughs> Stasi, she's a figure skater. Okay? What ends up happening um, is magic. But it was just, it's so long, and it could be 100 pages shorter, and it would still be, it would be much better that way. Is it a little bit of a dupe? After I reread the deal last night, I was like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I liked it more. It's longer. Okay. It's longer and the relationship is a little more developed. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 And it's sexier. It's sexier? It's way sexier. That's impossible. I thought the same thing, too. Well, no, I didn't think that because I read Icebreaker first. Should we get to topic number two let's do it let's do it this subgenre is called dun 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 go oh <laughs> it was my turn <laughs> the subgenre is called just forget that women didn't have rights romances now if you immediately guessed historical romance you'd be right you would be correct regency era all the way baby we decided it to I hate to say this. We're only going to talk about the Bridgerton books before you stop the podcast. The reason why is because they're the most popular. Yeah. And they kind of have become the face for the genre. And so we feel like we're going to talk about them, but we're going to talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we need to dive into this because, first of all, there are so many. There's so many. There's there so many eight. spinoffs. Oh, there yeah. There. Julia Quinn is... And her ghostwriter are prolific. So and her ghostwriter. That's the truth. But her books, which were published in the early 2000s, are very problematic. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that they are the face of the genre is something that we need to dissect a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, 
Shondaland picking up the series and making it into a huge Netflix show. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about it. I think let's talk about it. Alaire is a lot more well-versed in the Bridgerton universe than I am. I've only read the first four books and I'm an avid watcher of the show, but I did not go further in my, Mm. in my reading. Okay. So from what I know, my favorite book, and I think this is the most popular out of all of them. Yeah. Is the Viscount who loved me, which is the second book. Yes. Yes. I think, I think that also might be my favorite. I think also this is a controversial take. I'm kidding. It's, I haven't reread this book in a while, but When He Was Wicked, which is Francesca's story. Oh, I've um, heard that one is good. It has, like, it's weird because Julia Quinn kind of attempts to create more depth than in other novels, I think, in other mm-hmm. novels in the series. But I read all of these books when I was very depressed. So, <laughs> to be honest, I don't remember every detail. Because they kind of all blur together. Okay, they all okay. are written with the exact same structure. Um, and they're very predictable. Mm-hmm. And I think they are... I don't know. Like, it's it's crazy with these books because they don't consider, like, actual historical context Mm-mm. at all. Um, and they're so... They're very ignorant in general just to... most issues like I I think they would be more rich and like valuable if they actually talked about things that were going on in those time periods yeah Um, that's just a thought I guess what I thought was so interesting is that in the way that they sort of like cleaned history to make it a little more palatable and a little bit more yeah like you know easy to digest and you're reading it and you're kind of like oh okay like this doesn't seem that bad whatever Mm -hmm. and again like it's a you have to take into account that, like, it is a romance novel and, like, it is, you know, you're reading it to escape and you're not necessarily sort of reading it to, like, talk about the politics of the 1800s. Yeah, yeah. That being said, I do think that they really washed away a lot of the icky stuff about history and about that time period, Mm -hmm. particularly the English upper class. Um, And, which is sort of, it's fine and it's not fine. It's fine if people know about the bad stuff and can kind of take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. I don't know. I think there are a lot of, like, cultural critics who have discussed a lot about the casting of Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. And even the series itself. I think, as we know, the very first book with Daphne and Simon is... There are a lot of really serious issues. Yeah, regarding consent. And, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and the show, the fact that the show kept those scenes in is so bizarre to me. Yeah. Because what? Like, who who wrote that script and thought it was okay? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, that's so messed up. And the fact that it's never addressed in the rest of the show, like, they just totally sweep it under the rug. Yeah. And I think it's, it is a good thing that I think people were able to watch that and be like, that's really fucked up. Yeah. And it's fucked up that they put it in the show and then like didn't add any sort of I don't know follow-up or something or warning beforehand yeah either yeah yeah I was I had seen this interview with the creator and he had essentially said that to understand Daphne's character she has to have this moment and what I found so interesting is that and this is how the Bridgerton novels work in that you follow one sibling and the other siblings mm-hmm. totally take a backseat in the other books yeah yeah so 
and that's also part of the reason why I think I had a little bit of a harder time getting super into it because some series, you know, they follow character by character and the other characters are still sort of like Mm. heavily involved. Yeah. Like an off campus shout out off campus. (laughs) Um, But in Bridgerton, they're not at all, which is fine. Yeah. But because of that, you don't need to, and I think this is kind of where the books sort of fall flat for me, is that you don't need to really develop these characters at, mm-hmm. that much at all. Mm-hmm. If anything, you only sort of have to develop the siblings, but their partners can just be a blank board. Oh and my for God. a lot of them, they are. Absolutely. And they're sort of copy and pasted from, you know, the first book to the eighth book or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's just sort of, it's really weird because this is a really popular genre, historical romance, and yeah. it's very... To me, it's such an interesting phenomenon that, like, we romanticize yes. the past. That being said, like, I love a Jane Austen adaptation. Yeah. I love a historical romance. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it is somewhat, like, fantasy-esque. Because it it's is. never really, like, an accurate portrayal of the past. Because no one would want to see that. Yeah. It's not yeah. fun. It's yeah. not and I, I do think, like, I've seen a lot of content on the internet about people being like, I wish I lived in this era. It's yeah. like, no, you literally, like, that's, t- that is not true. Like, yeah. I just, context is so important and just having the wherewithal to be like, this is a fantasy. Like, this is escapism. This is not how things functioned back then. Yeah. Like, um, because it is so weird that we do romanticize those time periods. Like, why is that romance so appealing to us? I don't know. I don't know. Is it because it moves, like, slowly or something? Or because... I sort of think that it's so far from our realm of, like, normalness mm. that it's almost easier to suspend your disbelief. Yeah. For me, the reason why I love fantasy romance in particular is that I can easily suspend my disbelief if I think the characters do something that's a little bit off or they they don't really speak the way I do. I don't care as much because I'm like, okay, he also has wings. Who cares? Yeah, totally. This is how their world functions, and they sort of have a different set of rules than our world society Mm -hmm. does now. Um, And so I think that's why people fall into sort of like historical romance fantasy etc because i do i do too i'd I'd almost i have a harder time when i'm reading a book that's set in modern times and Mm -hmm. they say slang that's like so old and i'm like oh my god i i can't read this yeah yeah um yeah i think the way world building works in fantasy and the way world building works in historical romances like function essentially in a very similar way it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy how we just gloss over all these historical events to read these scenes of like people holding hands and like a slow burn kiss. And I don't know, at least thinking about pride and prejudice is like the, the but it was written during that time. Exactly. Exactly. And it was good. And it was was actually (laughs) actually really good. It was actually good. Um, yeah. I hated when they were showing, like talking about the show and they were like, Oh yeah, it's like pride and prejudice meets gossip girl. And I was like, don't, don't say that. Don't bring. It's disrespectful don't bring to them both. Into yeah. this. <laughs> disrespectful to them both. Something that I did that was really appealing to me about the Bridgerton show was like color palette, the set design, so the costumes. Yeah, I love the show. Yeah, I hate to admit it. I I did really like the show, and I think the second season, of course, so much better. So good. So good. So good. I think my favorite character is Eloise. 
personally in the first in the first season at least oh yeah 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 she's she's the best uh, anthony Penelope. in the second season though anthony in the second season yeah <sighs> but the book ah uh, there were so many scenes in the book that they didn't put in the show i was shocked how they didn't take so many scenes from the second book and yet they took that one scene from the first book i was shocked i know i know it's like like what who is doing these adaptations like yeah. these scene adaptations because there are so many important Call us up we do a really good job we would do a great job Netflix, hire us shondaland i'm employable <laughs> yeah yeah i you know please please but there were so many scenes that i felt were really integral to the relationship and the development of antony and kate kate and her name was kate yeah her name mm-hmm. was kate um their relationship like the scene in the library like under the table during the we got thunderstorm we were robbed that scene i just thought was like that rocked my world that rocked my world that That scene i think i genuinely maybe like shed a tear me too yeah i did think it was a little bit ridiculous how when they went to the like the mom or the like stepmom and she was like you don't remember you were a baby and you're like whatever and i was like this is so crazy <laughs> i know i know some of the stuff was so out of pocket so out of so pocket. out of pocket and the entire ending how he like didn't want to love her because he was like i'm going to die, die at 35 or something like that 39 it's just Fake like fan it's such a weird mix of like contemporary like concepts but also yeah I don't know what I mean by that, but mental it's just like, illness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mental illness and like emotional immaturity and yeah, it's like Julia Quinn is trying to make a commentary about that, but just like doesn't. I still thought the name they named one of their kids Miles, and like I refuse to believe that that name existed before the year two thousand. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no way. It didn't exist. It didn't exist. It just, didn't exist. It, the second like the clock striked twelve from you know two thousand, that name popped up. But it didn't exist all. beforehand. <laughs> and the fact that she put it in 1815 is ridiculous yeah, to me. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So we're going to do a really harsh transition. Yeah. Over to genre numero tres. Mm-hmm. Which is transplant romance. Yes. You're probably wondering, is this a medical romance? No. No. You're wrong. That's You're... a whole different show. Yeah. But what does transplant romance mean, Sophia? Okay. Picture this. You're working in the big city. You got a pushy, pushy boss, but you're ambitious, okay? But all of a sudden, you get a phone call from someone. And for reasons only known to you, you have to go back home and or to another small town. So you go. And who do you meet there? A grumpy man. A grumpy, grumpy man. He is grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. He is not a smile on his face. Mm -mm. He does not like you at first then you learn to make him smile and in the end he makes you smile too and turns out he loved you from the first moment he laid eyes on you the first moment now we as the audience knew that because it's dual perspective and the second he saw you he was like wow beautiful woman yeah (laughs) awuga but transplant romance i think at least for our purposes currently Mm -hmm. encompasses categories such as Maybe vacation romance. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say. <laughs> Maybe small town romance. Basically, a transplant romance is 
when a character is not in their like normal habitat yeah and a new location is used as a plot device for relationship building yeah so we have a really long list here yeah yeah there are a lot there are a lot um just to name a few we have uh georgie all along the simple wild beach read book lovers it happened one summer the roughest draft hook line and sinker my killer vacation fix her up love her or lose her tools of engagement the friend zone abby jimenez and her novels the roommate which we have we can discuss yeah we can discuss that later um things we never got over every summer after and of course people we meet on vacation yes um is this list dominated by miss tessa bailey and miss emily henry yes 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 it is absolutely and you just need to accept that and move on with your day yeah we are emily henry stands in this household we love her yeah yeah um so should we say what we picked as both of our favorites yes 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 do you want to go first so i decided to be a bit of a contrarian and instead of picking an emily henry novel i decided to go with tessa bailey which maybe actually isn't that contrarian at all because yeah i don't know about that (laughs) (laughs) because she is so popular but i picked it happened one summer which i must say i'm biased because i've watched like half a season of schitt's creek and therefore i just had to pick it because who doesn't love alexis who doesn't love piper and who doesn't love her love interest in the novel brendan he is a a fisherman he has a beard and he's tough and he's grumpy I just... He drinks a cold beer. Yeah. On a Friday night. He's a man. He's a man. He's yeah. a man. He's inexplicably super rich. Yeah. He, for some reason, has a shit ton of money. A shit ton of money. Um, maybe they do explain that. I don't know. Maybe it's a very lucrative industry, and I think it maybe. Do not quote us on this. Yes. <laughs> Please. Don't you go into more... fishing. Or is it crabs? It's crabs. It's crabs, crabs. right? It's crabs. <laughs> crabs. 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 <laughs> That's silly. But I think Piper is just hilarious. Like, she's hilarious. She is so spoiled and ridiculous and absurd. But it's just classic Grumpy X Sunshine. So I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah. And that's your truth. That is my truth. My truth is that I was about ready to snap his neck every time he said baby. After <laughs> every damn sentence, it was comma baby, comma baby. I can't stand that That's word. That's true. I, That's true. Oh my God. You know the um, meme, like, a little more boss, a little less baby. <laughs> yeah. That is how I felt about that book. More boss. More boss. Less baby. We needed more boss yeah. less baby. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. Ugh. God, I'm getting heated thinking about it already. It's so funny because it's like these authors write about people like they've never met people in their lives. Like, yeah. they write about these characters. They write these characters with such odd language choices. The weirdest. Who speaks like that in real life? I don't know. I don't Darlin. know. Darlin. Darlin. said Darlin, and I was... I, I, hey, I, Darlin. I, hey, sugar pie. Hey, I, sweet pea. I say sweet pea. Ironically ironically yeah yeah where's the irony in these books no where is the where's the irony but what was your choice for this transplant romance category sophia okay guys i want just a little bit of a disclaimer um everything on here is a disclaimer yeah (laughs) um the book that i'm choosing isn't necessarily my favorite from the list but one that i think encapsulate that was not how you pronounce that word one that I think 
captures the essence of the transplant romance genre, and that is The Simple Wild. For those of you who don't know, The Simple Wild is about this girl who goes to this tiny little town. She's from Toronto? Yeah. Yeah, from yeah. Toronto. Um, she goes to this small town in Alaska because her dad is dying and she's estranged from her father. Mm-hmm. And her mom lives with the best husband. Oh, my God. the Simon, yeah. was that his name? Simon. That man, he's a therapist and he carries the book. A godsend. He yeah. carries that book. Yeah. Um, and she goes to this small town in Alaska and some things happen. Um, <laughs> some things happen. I, I, I think that really is sort of, she's the city girl going yeah. to the small town. Yeah. Um, however, it is not my favorite book on the list, and I do want to make that clear. Yeah, I would have to say It Happened One Summer is also not my favorite, but I would just say it's, like, similar thing. Like, going to a small town, like, the location changes her mm-hmm. personality. The only thing that I think is really interesting about this genre is that it is almost always the female main character who goes to the town of the male main character Mm -hmm. and who is like a little bit uptight and a little bit like frilly and sort of you know delicate or whatever um and then it's always the guy who is like "Mm, yeah yeah it really feeds into stereotypes about like women and men yeah i think this genre does that maybe as much as our next genre that will that we'll mention really as much as our next or not as much but i think i think a lot of like novels that have to focus on like professionalism or like careers or something like that i think they all represent women in like a very uptight or like really quirky or like something that has that's like super specific and yeah it's like why can't these women just like be multifaceted people with they're not allowed to they're not allowed yeah they're not allowed to be but anyways that was a little bit of a tangent but i totally i totally agree with what you're saying it's like they all are very similar i think in this in this transplant romance genre it's always sort of like i mean at least for some of them that i've read she's always kind of right Mm-hmm. And she always means well, but it is very much... I've never read a book... And some of this is just gender norms and mm-hmm. sort of, like, how we view, um, like, men and women. But it's... You see these characters and they're like, oh, no, I'm not wearing my, like, mm-hmm. XYZ designer thing. And he's like, ugh, are you kidding me? And then they learn to find a happy medium. And she buys him a cute top and he teaches her how to, like, shovel wood. <laughs> Yeah, it's so interesting how so many of these books use women as, like, a proxy for capitalism. Or just, like... Whoa. I don't know. Because even in Happen One Summer, like, in in It Happened One Summer, in The Simple Wild, in... I don't know. Like, even, you know, obviously Hook, Line, and Sinker. It's always, like, big city, woman. Maybe in Book Lovers, like, it was kind of like this, too. Like, she's, like, the shark. <laughs> and... They are, like, professional, and then they, like, shift into this caring about work less and caring about, like, their family members or, like, their romance, their love interest or something like that. Like, it's it's interesting how in making, like, the a woman protagonist or something like that, she always, her life is, like, obviously we live in a capitalistic society and so, so We much, live in a society. We live in a society where so much of our life is dictated by like work and finances but it's just interesting that 
they use that as a character trait as opposed mm-hmm. to providing other like human qualities i don't know if that yeah. made any sense at all but it just it feels like sometimes it can be like a little bit lazy when i read those these t- kinds of books i almost imagine the same person in my mind for each character because it's yeah. just sort of like a copy and paste like I just started reading every summer after okay and I was like this is literally love in other words yeah like it is just the same story like to the T um and I do think it's I mean to some extent it's sort of like you're escapist because you know that what's going to happen you know everything's going to turn out mm-hmm, okay and exactly. you know you know grumpy sunshine whatever um and so to some extent, like, oh, is it so wrong if you just want to read the same kind of story again and again? Mm-hmm. That being said, it's sort of like these are the most popular books. Yeah. And that there are other books that sort of explore other things. And, like, can like romance can be good without, like, yeah. demeaning women. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I do think that it is in- – and not, I'm not saying all these books demean women or anything. Yeah, but I do yeah. think it's sort of interesting, especially with the romance genre, when you mm-hmm. look at – the types of books that you, at least for me, when I look at the kinds of books that I read, um, I'm always like, am I part of the problem? Yeah. <laughs> am I? Like, because I like it. I like yeah. reading about, yeah, me too. you know, I mean, okay, Brendan annoyed me, but like, I loved Hook, Line, and Sinker. I thought, uh-huh. well, it dragged on a little bit. I, <laughs> I really liked My Killer Vacation. That one was good. I haven't read it yet. Um, I haven't read it yet. Yeah. And then interesting, I think Book Lovers, I think she tried to sort of flip Uh the trope on its head um and i don't know if it worked yeah um to some extent it did i mean in the beginning she's sort of like oh all my boyfriends go to a small town and meet the love of their lives and i'm Uh just the shark she's trying to be self-aware with it yeah yeah Yeah. and then it kind of happens except she does move back to new york but Mm -hmm. um i have some peers who think that reading books like this or like reading smut or reading romance is a bad thing like they genuinely believe that it's like a waste of your time a waste of money a waste of energy and I've tried to be like I totally disagree with you like that's not true it's something that women are passionate about and I think them saying that is a way for them to just like literally hate on women's interests you know but I think like if we're talking about the nuances of us supporting this genre, like exactly what you were saying, like, am I part of the problem? Like, I think the same thing too sometimes because I love reading these books and it it brings me joy. And I feel like I've learned a lot about sex and romance and about how people perceive sex and romance, but I need to expand my reading into things that like push the needle a little bit, even within the genre. I know there are books out there that definitely are more expansive. Yeah. And I do think that they also can be enjoyable and sort of like part of these books. And I make the excuse all the time is I'm like, I know they're really bad. I know they're badly, you know, the, some of these are poorly written, yeah, et cetera. But like, oh, that's sort of fun to read. Like there are well-written books yeah. that are also really fun to read. Yeah. Um, and so we're calling ourselves out. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, I think people are allowed to enjoy things. Yeah. And I think you just have yeah, to be... don't stop reading them because then we wouldn't have a podcast. Yeah. Not that we no, really... We wouldn't have a platform. Yeah. We wouldn't have a platform um, for all seven of you who looked on our blog. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly seven. <laughs> Literally Thank seven. You. Thank you. But yeah, people are allowed to enjoy things. And I think just being critical and actually thinking about what you're reading is just, you know, yeah. a good thing to do. 
our last section is autobiographical romances. Probably thinking, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. It's writers writing about writers writing in love. Exactly. And trust me when I tell you, it is a subgenre. It is a subgenre more than you might might expect it to be. And they are these are this is my favorite subgenre because every single book here except for one, five stars. What's your one that gets less than five stars? Hating Game. Oh, two stars. I would like to say that The Hating Game was the first book I ever read in this genre. And Me too. I think it genuinely changed my life. I, for a long time, I had my blinders on and I just like couldn't see anything bad about The Hating Game because... I was like, oh my god, Strawberry Farms, like, I love her, Smurf Collections, and then the movie came out, and I was like, oh my god, and then I was like, this is literally so manipulative and emotionally (laughs) abusive, I was like, this is so harmful, and, like, you're totally made to think that it's fine, because they end up happily ever after, but their relationship, the power imbalance, the emotional manipulation is just so harmful, so, demoting the hating game. This is also probably one of my favorite genres. I love when writers just write about the like publishing industry. Yeah, it's yeah. so meta and it's just so funny. It is. It's hilarious. It's so it's funny. hilarious. Um, and so on this list we have Book Lovers by Emily Henry, The Hating Game, Seven Days in June, Beat Read, The Roughest Draft, Funny You Should Ask, and we're putting normal people in because. We love normal people, and also because technically Connell is a writer. I'm so excited to read Seven Days in June. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard such amazing reviews. It's good. Yeah, I've heard it's good. good. Yeah, yeah. But what was your choice of book in this category, Sophia? Um, I picked Beach Read. Oh, that did something to me. A classic. A classic. classic. It is a classic. Yeah, I loved it. I loved January. I loved. Gus, I, Gus, I yeah. even thought that like the name January was kind of cute. <laughs> like, at first, I thought it was terrible. At and first, you're like, I it was kind of cute at the end. Yeah, by the end, yeah, like as a middle name. Yeah, totally, um, totally. I loved it. I loved their dynamic. I loved how they both were helping each other write. I just, I oh my goodness, I just loved it. I feel like reading Beach Read really made me think about. This is this is really lame. Writing. But it made me think about writing a lot. Dude, I started writing after that. No, I was like, damn. It's like maybe I can be that person. Like these books have made me want to go into publishing and me writing. Me too. Me yeah. too. I I chose this book because I think the context of when I read it was really important. I was at my cousin's wedding and I, you know, romance was in the air. And mm-hmm. so I was very emotional. I was this was at a point where I was, you know, really crushing on somebody I was feeling a lot and I read funny you should ask good book I know it's based on this like Chris Evans reporter mm-hmm. thing and so there's definitely a huge power imbalance in that situation oh yeah and and it's hot and it's, <laughs> and it's sexy enough <laughs> and it's like okay this is super questionable but I thought the fact that it was like spaced out over so much time uh-huh um and that they like both developed relationships respectively before like kind of reuniting I thought that was kind of a more refreshing twist on like the normal like celebrity normal person yeah relationship I mean I love this I love this genre so much yeah because also like it feels very real and I can believe like I I don't know the publishing industry that well but like it's so when you write about something that you've just lived through it's so much more believable Mm -hmm. like does Elle Kennedy know about men's hockey in college 
Who knows? Who knows? But Who knows? I don't know if I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I believe it either. But does Emily Henry know how to write a book in Michigan? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. she does. Yes, she does. That, those are our subgenres for today. Those are our subgenres for today. Got it. Just to reiterate, this is not a complete list of genres, nor is it an extensive list of books within each subgenre. But we are so glad that you guys listened to our episode today. And that you finished. And that you finished the episode. And I hope this, you know, maybe sparks some interest in a new genre yeah. for some of you. It's just like, there's, you're never going to read every book. You're never going to read every book. book. Yeah. So maybe this will help you focus on something that you're interested in. Yeah. Or a subgenre that sounds appealing to you. We're just, we're loving and we're lit love, you know? We're loving lit love. <laughs>